Oh, Father, we thank and praise you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the ways that you change us through your word and that we can have our thoughts ordered to your thoughts, God, when we allow ourselves to be formed and shaped by your word. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that we would, we would grow, Lord, grow closer to you and closer to each other in this time. Thank you for Advent, Lord. Thank you for the ways that we can anticipate you. We can just slow down and notice what you are doing in our lives and our world. And oh God, we pray for, for strength and increased patience as we wait. Lord, I lift up my friends today who, who are coming from all kinds of places and in, in life situations right now. Oh God, be with us in the ways that we are being stretched and pressed. Lord, I just pray that our faith and our trust in you would increase. And Lord, that we would, we would just grow in, in ways that, that you want for us because you love us. And Lord, we just lift this time to you in Jesus' name, amen. So I am Pastor Carrie. I am the interim pastor here, and I'm happy to be here with you all. Um, today starts Advent. I just, I get really excited for Advent and Lent. Advent and Lent have very similar themes. It's a time of preparation. Um, Lent is before Easter, and we, we prepare for, um, to celebrate Easter and be reminded of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And Advent is a time where we prepare and we expect his second coming. And I feel like we live in a way where we almost have stopped expecting that he is coming back. And I caught myself this week of, of realizing, like, we, we get up, we do every, everything as our, as our rhythm in our days, and, and do we ever stop and think he is coming back? And are we ready for that? And that is what Advent is um, supposed to be for. It's supposed to be for preparation. And so this week, the theme in the, um, the, the lectionary that we are following over Advent is on watching and waiting. And so I have um, an image here, and I was thinking about something. Um, how do you wait? You know, if you, I'm also a therapist, and so I'm a noticer of people, and so I am intrigued when I observe people in the grocery store. Like, if you ever want to just amuse yourself, you know, if you're having a hard time waiting, just have some fun with it and, and notice how people wait. You can tell, you know, there's some people where their arms are crossed, which usually conveys a posture of annoyance or um, impatience. Um, you can see people where they're pacing because they can't stand still because waiting is hard. Um, you might have, you, you might see different ways. And I, and I wonder for you as you just examine yourself for a moment, how do I wait? What do I do? What do I think? I know in the car can be like the best and the hardest times to wait because you're trapped and you have nowhere to go. But if you just think about in life, how do you wait? And about a couple weeks ago, I was in a meeting with my um, therapist supervisor and she said something that really caught me. She said, you will be an, a successful adult in life if you learn two important skills. And I was like, oh, okay, what is this going to be? And she said, emotional regulation and patience. And if you, just, if you just stop and take that in for a second, emotional regulation means that you can manage yourself, that you can not react or freak out when things in life happens. You can also like, experience positive emotions and negative emotions, and the world isn't going to end. So emotional regulation means that you can handle yourself. And then she said patience. And I thought about that. I'm like, yes, because all of life requires patience. 
And so we think about like watching and waiting right now as we get ready for Christmas is how do we lean into the patience that God is, is working within us if we'll let him? And how much better life will be when we learn that patience and that waiting? Um, a few of you responded some requests for me, so I have some fun pictures to show you. Um, Andrew, you can go to the next one. Um, this is the Nosworthy's. Oh, and we you know, pray for a little Lockie, and their family got slammed with some sickness, I think, post-Thanksgiving. But this is them. Meg said this is them all waiting in New York about a month ago when Meg ran the New York Marathon. And she said, um, Sawyer is losing it. Chris has the look of he's about to lose it, but he's keeping it all together. And Lockie's just, Lockie's on a stroller. He's actually, they're all lucky for that. <laughs> and Lockie, he's got a good spot. So that, this is their family, a little snapshot of them waiting. Next one, Andrew. From the Farleys, this is, this is the idyllic posture of waiting. Just praying, giving it to Lord. This is Rowan and Oliver, and they are just... Oh, boop, that's just too cute. I, I looked at that a lot this week. And then, here's the lungs. And I told, I don't know if I texted Steve this, but I go, I'm like, you guys look like you're waiting for a parade, you know? It's like everyone's happy, waiting for something good. This was, was this a couple of things, or a couple of Halloweens ago or something? But everyone looks happy, you know? D- Bella's got a cup, coffee or something there. Dylan's smiling, everyone looks happy. You know, we all look different ways. I think there's some more pictures in here, let me see. Uh, oh, there's Matt Wise looking very chill while he waits. He doesn't look like he's too upset about waiting. Okay, there's some more, I know. Oh, and Erin just looks blissful while she's waiting, you know, just like a magazine waiting. Nope, it's all good. There's, ooh, that's a serious posture. Waiting. Next. This is still pretty regulated waiting. This is more Wise family. Lucas looks pretty, like, Lucas is in a, in a zone. He's just totally, totally locked in there. Okay, keep going. Kids, I've got pictures of you up here. Oh. <laughs> now, I don't know what was happening for this one, but there was waiting, and it was like, okay, when is this going to end? I think there might be some more. Is there another one, Andrew? No. No, okay. So thank you for sharing those. Each week I'm going to try to find some ways to engage you. But, you know, how we wait is really, really important. Um, And I think that, you know, a saying that I have that my children have never appreciated, but waiting gives us practice for patience. And, And unless we practice it, we won't have it. And we won't have it in those really important times when we need it. Um, as a little girl, this was one of my favorite um, cartoons, and I and I have to say that whenever I'm like, my kids are asking me like, when something's going to happen, this um, show comes to mind. And I think in life that we're constantly asking God, how long, how far, how much, why. There's so much to that, and I think it's important that we we kind of imagine that God is saying that not far now, just hang on, it's not far now. Next slide, Andrew. So when you think about what, what you notice about when you wait or, where you, or you have to wait, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you doing? What do you notice about what's going on in your life in that moment? What do you notice about yourself and why it's hard to wait or what other things come to mind when you're waiting? I think it's a really important area of growth for us. Next slide. 
And then when are the times that you feel like you were able to wait the best? When did you feel like you had those moments of almost like the Farley children where you're just in this posture of like just waiting and praying and and you're able to do it really good? What did you notice was going on in those times where you were like, I am killing it. I'm waiting so well. I'm doing so great. What was going on for you? And then you think about the, the next one. And when were the times you didn't wait the best? And, and you realize, too, that you weren't able to do the things that you wanted to do and what was going on for you. Well, God's Word has some things to say about this. And, and if you're going to grab your Bible or your Bible app, let's look to God's Word of what He has for us in the waiting and some of the themes for this week. So the first text we're going to look at together is Isaiah chapter 63. And actually, I was going to ask Dan and um, Stephen if they can hand out some pens and some paper. I didn't know everywhere we was going to sit, so, we, so I've got my, my kind assistants. Um, throughout, throughout the sermon time, I'm just going to give you, you know, some opportunities to jot down some things that you notice about waiting and, and the words that you hear in this text about waiting. Thanks, guys. So as we read together today, just take notice of words that convey waiting and watching as you read. So Isaiah 63 16 through 64, verse 8. But you are our father, though Abraham does not know us, or Israel acknowledge us. You, Lord, are our father. Our redeemer from of old is your name. Why, Lord, do you make us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so we do not revere you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes that are your inheritance. For a little while your people possessed your holy place, But now our enemies have trampled down your sanctuary. We are yours from of old, but you have not ruled over them. They have not been called by your name. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you, as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has seen... No ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continue to sin against them, you are angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you. For have you hidden your face from us, and you have given us over to our sins? Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. The next reading is, um, turn, to, turn to Psalm 80, 1 through 7. Psalm 80. 
Psalm 81 through 7. If you can bring that slide back, Andrew, that has the scriptures on it. Psalm 81 through 7. Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might, come and save us. Restore us, O God. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You've made them drink tears by the bowlful. You've made us an object of derision to our neighbors and our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. And then turn to Mark 13. 32 to 37. I'm actually going to be reading the message passage for this one. Mark 13, 32 to 37. And this is um, in the message again. But the exact day and hour... No one knows that, not even heaven's angels, nor even the Son, only the Father. So keep a sharp lookout, for you don't know the timetable. It's like a man who takes a trip, leaving home and putting his servants in charge, each assigned a task, and commanding the gatekeeper to stand watch. So stay at your post watching. You have no idea when the homeowner's returning, whether evening, midnight, cockcrow, or morning. You don't want him showing up unannounced with you asleep on the job. I say it to you, and I'm saying it to you all. Stay at your post. Keep watch. And then the last reading is in 1 Corinthians 1, 3 through 9. I'm going to start out with the NIV and then switch to the message. The Apostle Paul writes to us in 1 Corinthians 1, 3 through 9. It says, first, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And I'm gonna read the same passage again from the message version. May all the gifts and benefits that come from God our Father and the master Jesus Christ be yours. Every time I think of you, and I think of you often, I thank God for your lives of free and open access to God given by Jesus. There's no end to what has happened to you. It's beyond speech, beyond knowledge. The evidence of Christ has been clearly verified in your lives. Just think, you don't need a thing. You've got it all. All God's gifts are right in front of you as you wait expectantly for our master Jesus to arrive on the scene for the finale. And not only that, but God himself is right alongside to keep you steady and on track until things are all wrapped up by Jesus. God, who got you started in the spiritual adventure, shares with us the life of his son, our master Jesus. He will never give up on you. Never forget that. You know, as you think of those scripture passages, I I just have a question for you. 
What themes did you notice? I hope that you, you know, just jot that down, but what themes did you notice as you read, as, as, as you looked at the words? I don't know if any of you want to throw some words out at me, but what did you notice? Anybody? Grace, yep, God's grace. I underline my Bible a lot, and so this one I underlined. Um, I loved this part in, in the message version and the NIV in 1 Corinthians. He will keep you firm to the end. You know, as we wait, God will keep you firm. And I like that in the message version, um, Eugene Peterson translated this. He said, and not only that, but God himself is right alongside to keep you steady and on track until all things are wrapped up by Jesus. That just... I just love, I love how he put that in, and I think that noticing that God is the one that is going to help us in the waiting. He is going to give us the strength. He is going to keep us on the right track. Any other themes that anybody else noticed as they read or jotted down? I like, too, in the Mark passage where um, he said, be on guard, be alert, you don't know the time. And I think that's that, that tension that is in us as we, as we wait for Christ, as we don't know his timetable. We don't know how God is doing things, how he's orchestrating our world. And so we have to be on alert. We have to be on guard. And we have to pay attention to him. And I think that's a, that's a tension for us because we live in an instant culture. I, I thought about this. Like, if you want to know something, you just go to your phone. You say Google or you type it in. You don't even have to go look for the encyclopedia anymore. You just look it up and it's real time. You know, we, we want things right now, and I think that waiting and looking and watching is really hard, and it, it rubs within us. So I have some other questions for you to ponder about. Today is more of a reflective sermon. Next slide. Um, so I want you to think about what makes a difference, if it comes up, what makes a difference for you if you think about passively waiting and actively waiting? You know, if you, if you just think about, for you, what does that look like if to passively wait or actively wait? What is the difference? And that may be some things for you to chew on later of um, how, how do I feel if I know that I'm passively waiting? How do I feel if I know I'm actively waiting? And what is the difference for me? You know, in the, in the Bible, when the early followers of Jesus were, were trying to sort out, like, when is he coming back? You know, he left, he, the ascension happened, they're staring up in the clouds and they're told to go into Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit came on them. They actually did wait, they did listen and God poured out his spirit and the birth of the church happened and then they were trying to figure out what do we do? And in kind of a, a helpful thing to think about in like passively waiting and actively waiting is um, in, the, in the Thessalonian church, you know, they were, trying to, they were trying to know what to do, and they were literally people that they, they thought Jesus was coming back in that very, like, moment, any day, and so they stopped living. They stopped doing their jobs. They stopped um, going to work. They stopped doing their, their thing, and they were literally on the rooftops waiting. And so the Apostle Paul wrote to them, and he, he reminded them. He's like, you gotta, you gotta get up. You gotta do life. You gotta live. You gotta take care of your families. You have to work. But he says you also have to wait and you also have to, to practice. Um, he says um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, he says to keep away from idleness. He says um, make sure that you actually do your work and you help others. 
He says, make sure that, that you don't be idle and disruptive. He says, don't be a busybody. He says, settle down, earn your food, and, and make sure that the whole church works together. He says, wait, wait actively, but don't wait passively. And so that also brings us to the next question that I have on the next slide is, what are we waiting for, and is it worth it? You know, we're waiting as Christians. We wait. That's where we get our, our um, big word of eschatology. We, we look to when God is going to send Jesus back and, and he is going to come and the second coming is coming and we, we are waiting for that. But I think right now we're also waiting for what God is doing in each one of our lives, what he's doing in our world. And right now, I, if I were in heaven, I would be asking God so many questions of what is happening in our world and what are you doing? And this waiting is really hard. But I think if we can come back to we are waiting expectantly for Jesus, that gives us hope. And hope helps us in the waiting. Hope helps us in the discomfort of the things that don't make sense and are hard right now. Um, next slide. Ad- Advent points us to the already, the already, already, and the not yet. So the already things that God has already done, the already that he has already conquered sin, death, and the devil, but it's also the not yet, that he hasn't come back yet, and that there's things that haven't been fulfilled yet, and we still have to wait for that. And so that's why Advent is such a rich time. Um, I want to encourage you with some, some thoughts about waiting. I've never really thought about it until this week, but waiting is a spiritual discipline. So next slide, Andrew. The, the, actually, like, the good things that can come for us actually help us to grow more into who God wants us to be. First of all, waiting gives us eternal perspective. And that's something that we don't have because we, we're not God and we don't think thoughts like he, thought, he thinks. And we can't press into that. But if you turn to 2 Peter 3.8, I believe this will really encourage you. 2 Peter says this, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know, I just felt so, so hopeful when I saw that because it's that good reminder that, that God's time, his timetable is not our timetable. And so when we think about that, we can, we can imagine that he sees it from a different perspective than we see, and that can help us in the waiting with that spiritual discipline. Um, this, this next week, if you want some more reading, look at Hebrews 11 and 12. Waiting gives us faith and trust. It helps us when we have this big, long list, like in, in Hebrews 11 and 12, when we have this list of, of the heroes in our faith. Like in Hebrews 11, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And, and they start out right away with talking about Abraham. Abraham was told when he was 75 years, hey, you're going to have a kid, and so is your wife. And he's like, there is no way this is happening. And he had to wait another 25 years for that to happen. So just think we have examples before us and behind us of people that have had to wait and grow in trust, but it helps us also understand that we can do it too. The third thing in the spiritual discipline is it increases our dependence on God. In Psalm chapter 130, um, we have this wonderful hope. That reminds us who the Lord is. First of all, the psalmist says, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word 
I put my hope. So the psalmist is saying, every part of me is waiting for the Lord. And in him, in what he says, I will hope. He says, I wait for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning. And it's repeated, more than the watchmen wait for the morning. Think about that. Our dependence on God increases when we wait. We can practice this spiritual discipline in a bunch of ways. Um, these are just some suggestions for you. The next one, it, and I want you to think about fasting, and not just fasting from food, but maybe something that you are going to, you're going to say, you know what, today I'm not going to do this. Or even, um, one of the, I thought this was kind of funny, one person said, well, maybe you could wait to respond to an email, or you could wait to respond to a text. I'm like, ah, you gotta pray about that one because that might like bug some people and maybe make your relationship not so great. But fasting from something, fasting maybe from something that you could put more energy into your relationship with the Lord or with another person. Maybe there's like food or something that, you know, you could say, God, every time I think about that food or that thing, I'm gonna think about you instead. Um, practicing the Sabbath, taking one day and depending on your work schedule, one day where you rest and you wait, and maybe you don't do the things that you normally would do. Memorizing scripture is also a, a spiritual discipline of waiting. You know, when, there's, when there's, there's words that you chew on and that you dwell on, and that maybe before something happens or you do something or you make a decision, you practice that scripture that you've been, you've been working on. I'll share with you the scripture that's been my scripture for the last year and a half, especially with COVID and the pandemic, because... Um, I'll, I'll say this, I, I have a new experience of anxiety that I never had before. I'm a therapist and I sit with people who, who share with me their anxiety and until this pandemic happened, I never knew what that was like and now I do. And the word that God has given me to practice and wait on as I've been in my own struggle is Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That's, that's the passage of scripture that I've been literally repeating every single day, probably 20 times a day, because when I, when I want to be afraid or I want to be anxious, God has me come back to that and remind, nope, you wait. You wait on what I am saying to you and that I am your light, I am your salvation. You don't have to fear anything. You are going to be protected in me, and that is where God is working in my own life. And I, I would love to hear what maybe scriptures and what words he's giving to you. Also, slowing. You know, we live, we live in such a fast-paced world, and I think we also live with uh, expectancy that we have to have immediate results or an immediate response. And so one, one way to practice waiting is just by slowing, purposely not doing things so fast. I love how Chris Nosworthy, he said in an email at one time, he said to me, about we, we shouldn't do things so speedily, and I loved how he said that. You know, so be thinking about, like, God, how can I just slow down? How can I be more present with you? How can I be more present with myself and the Holy Spirit and wait? Another person suggested con contemplating creation. You know, when you go out and you look at um, just even like our trees, how it takes four seasons of a cycle of a year for our trees to do what they need to do. They don't do it all in one day. It's not, you know, summer, winter, fall, spring. They, they, there's slowness and there's waiting. Think of how long it takes a tree to grow from a seed all the way to these huge trees that we see. And that inspires us to have that same patience that God has for us in his creation. So just some connections for you, now that you've got your you know, paper and a pen. Draw an image as we walk through scripture and, and through some questions and things to think about. What image do you have 
that reminds you of waiting right now? Do you just think of the first thing that comes to mind? What do you think of when you think of waiting? Maybe it's not an image, maybe it's a word. Maybe it's a situation. And as you sit with that, I invite you also to, to give that image or that word to God this next week when we think about um, opportunities he will give you to wait or to be reminded that he's with you in the waiting and he'll give you patience. And then just for, you know, the next thing is take time to offer to God people or things, situations you are waiting on. Where's, where's God got you right now where you're like, I'm waiting on this. I'm waiting for this person. I'm waiting for this thing. Take time to give that to the Lord. As we go to prayer in a second, I just want to lift up um, Lamentations 3 to you. Lamentations 3, starting with 19. The prophet Jeremiah says this, I remember my affliction, my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Pray with me this morning. And if you, as you pray, if you want to hold your hands out as a posture of giving something up, or maybe to drop your hands down and letting something go. And Lord, we just thank you so much for the strength that you give us. Thank you, God, that you know us. You know our humanity. You know our weaknesses. You know how we are fearfully and wonderfully made because you made us. And Lord, waiting is really hard for us as humans. Even watching and in that patience of, of watching is hard. And so, Lord, whatever you are doing in our lives this week, um, whatever relationships we have, whatever circumstances that are, are hard for us right now, Lord, we lift them to you. We symbolically place them in our hands and we offer them up to you. God, if there's something that we're having a hard time waiting on and, and we need to drop that and let that go, Lord, we, we release our hands and we give that to you. God, I pray that you would fill us all with steadfastness, that we would have um, such patience, Lord, that we would know how much you love us, that, God, that, that you are not cruel or, or you look the other way, God. You see us. You see every one of our situations. And Lord, that fills me with so much um, love that you have for each one of us, God. 
So Lord, remind us today that you are with us and we are not alone. And Lord, as we wait for you, we will see what you will do in your timing and in your ways and we'll rejoice in that. Thank you, God, for the coming of Christmas and the excitement and the anticipation we have. And Lord, help us to slow. Help us to also um, just savor this time. And we love and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.